Hello and welcome to Behind the Lens with EDL. I'm your host EDL and I'm so excited to be interviewing athletes that I've captured on camera over the past 10 years. Uh, we talk about everything from their career to any struggles they've dealt with as well as like some backgrounds of the photos that I've captured of them. For episode three, I got to sit down with Marcravius Moore, who is a current senior on the Columbia football team. And when I was with him, I was uh, he was only a sophomore. So it's been a couple of years kind of since I've seen him, talked to him. And we just had a great conversation. We discussed his time with Columbia. We discussed a lot about the photos that I've captured and my impact. Um, it made me feel very loved. And honestly, it was just really cool to sit down and talk to someone that I never really talk to like this since I was doing my job while he was uh, a student athlete. So it's kind of great to that I got to see him as more than just a student athlete and hear about the impact I had and hear about what he's doing in his life and what he is passionate about. So I hope you guys enjoy and uh, let's jump right into it. Hello. I'm so excited. Hey. How are you doing? I'm great to see you right now. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's been so long. Um, it's it's crazy right now in the world, but I think this interaction just makes my my day so much better. Yeah. Well, I am blushing. <laughs> You're so nice. <laughs> it has. It has. We were just talking. It's been so long but it doesn't feel like it's been so long especially with social media you know like you see what I'm doing I kind of see what you're doing type of thing but it feels like it's been I mean it feels like I just left Columbia yesterday and you yeah, know, yeah. So. And, and can I just say <laughs> and I'm sorry for whoever is listening to this but from every photographer we've had you are number one you are at the top um you set the you set the standard and oh. yeah and I, I think I you know I really appreciate it because I got a lot of flack on the team which we can go into that later but yeah, I got yeah, a yeah. lot of flack on the team um <laughs> because uh you took a lot of great pictures of me and you know some some people we were we are 100 percent gonna go into that later because yes i did take a lot of photos of you but like just like i told trey too and uh he you guys also just have the best smiles and energy like i told trey he's been one of the best smiles you have one of the best smiles so when you're walking down to practice it's so easy because you guys get excited like if you like yes obviously sometimes it's okay if you don't look at the camera but sometimes that's just like isn't what i want to post i like right. the smiles like it's such i'm so like basic that way <laughs> but it's about it's not even about like basic right it's more about connecting with the photographer and i feel like you know we really connected even though looking back like in preparation for this i was like wow you know we never really just had a lot of moments where we actually talked mm -mm. but it was more of a like i feel like like kindred spirits like just will gravitate towards each other and it yeah. won't be like a a hard process at all but we never really had like a lot of moments where we just um talked like that but it was always a it was always such a good vibe 100 percent. and i didn't talk to a lot of the kids you know like i talked to a few of them sometimes the quarterbacks you know i got close with ty lenhart's mom so like i talked to him a little bit more because i love the mom mm. you know like a few <laughs> right. of them i would talk to um trey every now and then but not even you know because i i did have a job you know like i wasn't mm -hmm. your friends i was i was 
an employee, you know, but I also like cared about you guys. And, right. you know, me and Trey talked about that and like, he gave me a lot of love and I was like very, <laughs> basically <laughs> made him tell me the backstory of like what, what I did with you guys because I don't know how like I impacted you guys or anything and he gave me so much love and I was like okay we can stop talking about what I did and you know well, this but... is going to be part two I'm just going to let you know <laughs> this is going to be part two and I'm, I'm telling you like if you go down every except for like I guess the 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 new younger guys that's on the team yes well the made, new guys you know, have no idea who I they am have no idea exactly but everyone else who got to experience your your brilliance and your spirit, oh. I think, will say the same thing because it's true. Like, especially in that environment, you have no idea. Well, well, actually, you do. You do have an idea because you were there for the practice. Yeah. Um, and like, you know how the coaches were on us. Like, yeah. it, it was, it was, it was hard. It was like a very um, high intense um, environment, and to have your like kind spirit there, and like you were always so warm and inviting. It was kind of a um, definitely a, a nice touch to practice that I always look forward to. Oh, yeah. well, hey, I told Trey, and I'm going to say that a bunch because this is like the same conversation, but I looked forward to it. Like I, you know, you, I wrote that blog about, you know, dealing with my heartbreak during this. Like that's how you guys literally like helped me deal with a completely broken heart. I was just in a bad place. Mm. I look forward to practice. And that's why like, I look forward to seeing your smile, to seeing the kids. Like <laughs> when you guys would, okay, we got to do a different pose. Like, right, <laughs> like, right. like four back would jump on someone's back. Like literally like these kids, you know, or like when they like, oh, is that going to go on? Is that going to go on Instagram? That's Instagram where I'm like, guys, I have like <laughs> 700 followers. Like who's going to look at this? But it meant but it so was, much it, to you. It did. And it didn't matter how many like followers you had or we had. It was the quality, like the quality <laughs> was there. And um, when you bring that up, like looking back, because I just did a, um, a, a podcast episode with Josh Smythe and um, yeah. he, he used the picture that you took of us when we were coming down. Yes, yes, practice. yes, yes. I saw that. Before that picture, he actually went out before me. He went out before me, saw you, came <laughs> back, found me, and was like, no, I'm going to wait till you come because I know yes. for sure I'm going to get a picture. <laughs> and I didn't know how I felt about that. I was like, you know, I feel kind of, you know, honored and privileged, but at the same time, I feel used. Like, oh, my what? God. Oh, that's so funny. See, this is what I wanted to hear because these are the stories I would never know about, even posting, like, right. even being on social media. Like, I don't hear this stuff. I don't hear what happens in the locker room or before or after. Oh, yeah. Because I do know, like, I forget. Like, I think about this even now. Like, the kids that, when I post on Instagram, I know all of their teammates are saying something about the posts that I just made. And I'm like, guys, be nice. Like, they, they didn't choose the photos. They didn't choose the caption. I'm who I am. You know, like, I'm always going to be positive. I'm always going to make them look, like, happy right. or whatever. Like, don't give them crap. <laughs> I just right. want to spread love and happiness. But that is the best, and I love to hear that. But, like, maybe, I mean, I try not to play favorites, but there are some that just, like, it's just I easier mean, to get photos of. Hey, and what I mean, I you, can't, you can't argue with the material. You can't argue <laughs> with the material. You know, that's the, that's the quote. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I didn't expect to talk about this right away. We will, we will get more into this at the end. So this is a good little start. Um, but 
<laughs> oh my God. For those that are already listening um, and that don't know who you are, uh, let's give it a little intro. So your name, where you're from, um, where you went to high school, what sports you played, then college and so on, all that good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, for those listening, my name is Marquavius Moore. Um, I am from Memphis, Tennessee. I went to a small private Predominantly white, which we would go into later, mm-hmm. um, high school in Memphis, Tennessee. And um, I think that really did change the trajectory of my life uh, because it did afford me the opportunity to go to Columbia. That's where I went mm-hmm. to. Well, that's where I currently go to. That's my senior year. which is Your crazy. senior, right? Yeah. yeah. I couldn't remember if you had graduated last year. When I was doing this, I was like, wait a minute. I think he's still in Columbia. <laughs> like, he's what? still going. No. If I, if I would have graduated, first of all, who do you think is going to take my graduation? <laughs> well, the picture? thing is, okay, great. I'm so <laughs> I am I, definitely no. going to hit you up. Like, don't worry. I'm going okay, to hit good. you up. And it's going to be like, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm going to hook you up too. Like, I just, you're, you're my person. So remember Okay, that. good. But I also say this because <laughs> I didn't get to do editing last year because it was, that's when everything hit. So yeah. I didn't know because like, I was supposed to do a few of the seniors from last year and I forgot. I was like, wait a minute is he graduating this year? So I was, yeah. but then I remembered, yeah, you're, yeah. Okay. So anyway, yeah, you're now a senior, which is, is yep. crazy, right? It's so crazy because like we were saying, like, I, we, we met my sophomore year. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, it seems like forever ago, but at the same time, it's like a Nothing. blink of an eye, Yeah. you know? So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a football player at Columbia university, um, running back, studying psychology. And yeah, I'm a I'm a poet, an activist, um, an artist at heart. So yeah, nice. Do you know what you want to do when you graduate? Do you have any ideas? Oh That's my the question goodness! To ask. I know the I hate anxiety, hearing right? it. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> hey, this is a chill I, podcast. I you know you can be right. honest. You can also say I don't want to share anything. Shut <laughs> up, Aaron. <laughs> Let's get on. Well, well, here's here's the thing, right? With me, I'm always looking for multiple avenues to 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 express myself so my issue is that i i have so many different lanes to go down and it's kind of this constant question of like okay what is your passion and what are you going to really um push yourself to be successful in and so i'm kind of surrounded around a lot of resources right now which i think going to columbia gave me that privilege and opportunity that i just didn't have like growing up in memphis especially growing up in like low income. I grew up from, um, I'm the youngest of four and my mom raised me and my siblings by herself. And so being in that situation and growing up in in my city, we don't have as many uh, resources and opportunities that other people can afford. And so um, I think now that I have these resources and my network is building, it's kind of um, intimidating because it's, a bit unknown i don't know how to uh engage within these spaces but i think that's the beauty in all of it too it's kind of figuring that out um i just think figuring that out with me comes with anxiety because i'm I'm (laughs) such like in my head and i'm always like i get it i get it but you are lucky that you in the sense that you have things that you do that you are passionate about because there are (laughs) some people that have no idea like you know that they are just like I guess I kind of like this. Let's go do this, yeah. you know, but yeah. you have things you love. And so you at least, even if say your job isn't like something you totally love, you have other mm. avenues that you can always 
go towards and like enjoy. And that's, that's something to be, you know, very fortunate. That's you're very fortunate in that way. Like I'm, you know, I happen to love my job, but I'm very, very lucky that I found that at honestly a younger age. Um, Mm. And I also have other things. I mean, even this podcast, like it's something I'm loving because I get to connect with these athletes that I haven't seen in maybe a year or longer and like just talk to them as more than just athletes. Like, yes, we talk about sports. We talk about that, but we have to talk about other things. And so like, you're very lucky that you get, that you have something that like, no matter what, you'll have something you love to do. And I think you have to remember that. Absolutely. Um, But you just said something that's really interesting that I always wanted to ask you. When did you pick up photography and what made you, it's so funny because now that you said that we have never really had a conversation we didn't like so you don't know like my, my story yeah, and yeah. I'm not sure if the people listening like if you know me most people know my story by now but like you're like if people that are listening to hear you talk about it they're probably not going to um so my dad took photos my entire childhood from when I was age five till I was a senior in high school he did it for my high school and he would do like these PowerPoints at the end of each season. So it was so cool. Like he would take photos of all the varsity sports, put together a PowerPoint, and then it would honor the seniors. And it would be nice. like, it, it was the coolest thing. And every underclassman that was year. on varsity. Oh, he was the best. I mean, it was his job, but like he didn't get paid as much as he did. Like it's like yeah. the effort, you know, cause he makes sure to do it the right way, which he passed on to me, which is a good and bad thing. And it's in and itself. <laughs> he did that and it was like each season and the seniors would get to take headshots and they'd get to take group photos with their seniors they get to choose a song so each powerpoint had a song that was like chosen by the seniors it was just something that like effort and like i mean oh 100 it was not just like throwing pictures up together it was a slideshow and it was a presentation and um he actually got let go of that job going into my senior year so i started doing it my senior year for free because i was like my seniors have been looking forward to this so long they're like oh Aaron's dad wow. is doing it like that's my class you know and they didn't get it so I did it for free I was I had stopped playing sports my junior year I played my junior year and I stopped I played volleyball and I was the manager for basketball and I played lacrosse nice. so I stopped I wasn't enjoying it. I just didn't have a love for it anymore and once I don't like it I'm like I, I can't put my energy into it what are you laughing at because I was not expecting you to use <laughs> I wasn't enjoying it I was like oh <laughs> I like, wasn't. I just genuinely like I if my dad has taught me if you're if you don't love it, why are you going to do it? And I know hey. that's such a and that's a privilege I have too. like I get that. But at that age, it's not a pri- it's just like you don't have to play the sport. Like, yeah. just don't do it if you don't love it. And that's just because I know that like I wouldn't have put my all into it. And I was pretty Absolutely. good at the sports that I played, you know. Um, but yeah, so I started taking photos like my junior year and then into my senior year. And I did those PowerPoints and my dad helped and stuff, but it was mainly me. And then I went to Cortland in central New York and it's for phys ed. Like I studied physical education as my major, but I took photos for like, I wanted to do just a little bit of what I did for high school. I ended up doing so much more. I was the manager for the soccer team and did the video for them for both men's and women's for a few years. I did, I was the manager for the basketball team and took photos as well while I videotaped. (laughs) It wasn't the best situation, but I did my best. Um, But you were putting yourself out there. Oh yeah, I was like, I had to be, I wanted to take photos. So like, it was nice because I, since I was manager for my basketball team, I, high school I knew I wanted to do that again like I love doing the book I love being a part of a team I love mm-hmm. like being around the environment um so yeah I took photos and I did posters like I do like the graphics I do and stuff yeah. I did posters for the seniors a lot of the coaches would buy them for their seniors um and yeah I just I loved that and I was like this is this is the best like I get to take photos for all the sports you know all this stuff 
And I went for my master's in sport management at Cortland. So I stayed for mm. one more year. And I realized I was like, oh, I think I really do want to go into sports more than I want to do phys ed. I was like, I think, you know, I thought I'd work with a college athletic department and be like mm -hmm. the communications department. But then I actually needed an internship for my master's. And that's how I ended up at Notre Dame. And I did my internship with Notre Dame. And yeah. I literally, they like made the job for me. Like I talked to the people and they're like, I was like, I need an internship. They go, hey, what do you want to do? And I was like, I'll take photos. Let's go. Well, like they were like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, we'll take another photographer. Cause they know how valuable it is. Like mm -hmm. I will speak nothing but great things of Notre Dame and that communications, like public relations department for athletics. Mm -hmm. Cause they were just amazing. They were so supportive. Um, yeah. And I got to take photos for a whole year at Notre Dame, got to go to two national championships, got to go to, yeah. uh, well, actually the next, the next year I got to go to the cotton bowl. Yeah. in Texas, like I got the best experiences. Um, but no, I just, and once I started applying to jobs and then that wasn't happening. So I came home and started my own business. You didn't yeah. ask that, but I figured I'd give you the whole story. That's kind of my whole spiel that I go down when people ask me that. Yeah, no, that's so cool. Especially because it started from your dad not having that job in high school and well, i think yeah, you know it, everything really does happen for a reason and like you know i just think that's yeah, pretty oh, cool 100 and i helped him like i think i started my junior year or sophomore year when he was still taking photos so that like I, that's when i learned but then i was like well i want to continue doing this and okay. did it myself mm -hmm. and yeah it definitely i never thought of it that way you're so right <laughs> absolutely that's yeah yeah, so that's my story. Now you know that's how I started. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's yeah, that's that's pretty cool that you knew what you wanted to do. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many, there's so many. I, I recently talked to a Columbia alum who was working at Google, and he was like, you know, I have a really good apartment, really good paycheck. You know, the job's nice, but it's not what he wanted to do, and so he found himself at his desk. And he called it his like quarter life crisis. And he just mm -hmm. like completely changed careers. <clears throat> and um, he started, he started acting. And so this dude, right. If I, I just, I met him over wow. like this quarantine period, um, through, like over Zoom and like FaceTime and stuff. And yeah. we were just like having conversations. And, stuff. and, I, and I, when I first saw him, I was like, wait, this guy looks familiar. And yeah. I was like, did I, did I like, have a meeting with him or something my freshman year or so I, yeah. I, I didn't know no it, like my uh coach do you remember coach Dravio? i don't know if you do but yeah he, he so coach Dravio was like reading his like intro or whatever and he was like yeah he's been on like Grey's anatomy um narcos <laughs> like what oh i was like this is this guy and so um yeah I oh was, my god so having conversations with him and like just hearing your story too about just like really having like that passion and things working out the way they're supposed to work out i'm excited for the future it's super yeah and, no like, and it gives me anxiety but at the same time I'm it's excited. it's exciting and remember like i went to school for phys ed i thought i was going to be a phys ed teacher genuinely up until my senior year so look at where I am now. I'm not a phys ed teacher. Like you I never I was know. Be a cardiothoracic surgeon and going into <laughs> college, and then freshman year I was like, you know, I don't. Maybe this is what I want to do. <laughs> never be. Oh, so. see, ever you never know. You don't, and I think you just have to be open to anything and everything. So, um, 
so yeah well anyway enough about me now let's turn it back i do know that you had a question for me and i I like explaining that um but no the first thing i do want to talk about is sports we'll get into everything else later um Mm. but is there like a say one or two memories that like stick out in your mind that are your favorite or just like most exciting and whether it's high school college anything Hmm. um Okay, I'll give you two moments because they're like okay. the polar opposite. So I like it. I, I'm the youngest of four, and I have yeah. two older brothers who also play football, and they were really good. So okay. obviously my mom was like, yeah, you're going to play football too. And so like we all grew <laughs> up playing in this little league um, like team, on this little league team. Um, but my first day out there, I didn't want to play football at all. No. Like I didn't know. It didn't make sense to me. I would I would I started playing football when I was five years old. And I oh would go to practice and see my older brothers like practice and like they would be hitting and getting hit and like it was, it's very physical. And I'm like, why would I want to do that? Like that's not what and so <laughs> that and also um and I'm really close with my sister too. And so my okay. sister's two year two years older than me. Um and she was a cheerleader on the team. And I was like, yeah. no, no, I'm I i do not want to do that. I'll just go with Bree. That's her that's her name. I'll just <laughs> yeah. stick with Bree and we'll just be cheerleaders together. I don't want to do this. And then um they like I remember they like was pulling me out the the little van we had at the time and yeah. then I went to practice and just had an attitude because I hated being there. But then I ended up falling in love with it by the end of the practice so oh that's amazing the first memory is me like not wanting to play football at all <laughs> like had it been up to me I would have been a cheerleader with my sister and we would have been on the sidelines because you know it wasn't I wasn't about their life at that time I just didn't I didn't see why people would want to put themselves in that situation and um, you're literally a running back so you get <laughs> it like you are- right right <laughs> but I think once I realized the adrenaline it gave you and then like it just started building and building and that's what made me uh, end up falling in love with the sport. But yeah. And, and also I wanted to tell that story because I love uh, this whole dynamic of kind of pushing gender norms of like what I people was gonna say that. like can be and can be because they had a problem. I was like, no, I just want, cause my whole thing was I want to be with my sister. And I knew yeah. she was just chilling on the side. Cause our cheerleaders didn't do it. They were horrible. Okay. <laughs> they didn't do cheers like that. The the parents on the team led the cheers during the game. Okay. The cheerleaders didn't really do much. They were on at the concession stands. They were just chilling. <laughs> so I just wanted to chill. I didn't want to play football. I just wanted to chill with my sister. Um, but they had a really big problem. They were like, no, you can't be a cheerleader. Girls are cheerleaders. And like, even from a young age, I was just like, that didn't sit right now. And that doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, what does that have to do with being a girl? So I really wanted to tell that story. Um, no, that's great. And then the I was thinking, one, like, yeah, that's great. I like that you were thinking, like, I just want to be a cheerleader. Who cares? That's that's <laughs> something I want to do. You know, like, I love that. I love that. Yeah. We need more people <laughs> like that that don't care. I, no, I was like, no, I'm definitely chilling. <laughs> um, and then the second one um, would definitely be homecoming freshman year of college. That I was, think Trey said the same one. So yes, ex- yeah. Let's let's hear it from your point of view as well, though. So at that time, I think I'm starting on special teams, and so okay. like, and and like from a freshman's perspective, 
going into it, I was like, yo, I'm going to try to start on one of the teams. Like, if it's on special teams, I'm going to start on special teams, but I want to get on the field. And mm -hmm. so I remember I was on, like, kickoff, and it was, like, the last it was the last quarter and like man the energy on that field was crazy and i remember looking at blake um on the field and we were just like bro this is this is like insane and so oh <laughs> we knew we were like it was probably gonna be a touchback but it didn't matter like we were still pumped and we no. could run down the field and at the end when we when we won and everyone just stormed the field oh. It was it was crazy. And so then that's not even the best part. The best part is that okay, okay, yes, we won it's the best part. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> Columbia also like I, I'm uh I, it wasn't you who took this picture, so no, I, don't I wasn't bad there. The moment, but, no, um, I like wish I was. Oh, that's amazing. And this is of um me and Jalen yes. after the win. And yes, I've seen that photo and I am obsessed. I am it had been obsessed. going like it had went over everywhere, and I was like, "Oh, we won, and we're famous!" <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so it was just a win-win. It was, it was, it was a great time, man. It was, it really made me realize, though, on a serious note, um, just how strong we could be together. Like my freshman year, that was a definitely a signal of team and strength and camaraderie that I hadn't really seen um, before, I think, mm -hmm. in that moment. And I think that was pretty cool, especially on that scale. Like, yeah. I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. And I know Trey said, like, that was their turning year, like turning point year. Like, you guys mm -hmm. had a very special season. They hadn't had a season like that in a very long time. So, yeah. like, and that <laughs> game was, you know, oh, yeah, I still, like, I look at those photos and I had no idea, like, I didn't look know who columbia football was but right. now i'm like jealous because i know you guys i'm like oh, i wish i was at that game i want to be there yeah. like i want to go back in time but yeah no that's oh man i didn't really have we didn't really and i missed mikey russo's game winner um oh i was at i was at the notre dame game that at was Stadium. crazy too so like, oh my goodness I, yeah crazy. and i'm like Mad, I missed it. But my boss at the time, Alex, was like, Aaron, if you were there and you didn't get that photo of him jumping into the end zone, you would have been so mad. He goes, yeah. I'm actually kind of glad you weren't there because you would have been. So I was like, You're right. You're right. Yeah, You're no, right. That picture is sick. But okay, a little background. And yeah. I think one, I think our special teams coach kind of called it out in one of our meetings. But <laughs> I'm just going to say, yo, the refs were kind that day because because during that um i i think it was a punt return was it or when he when he brought it back or yeah i think it was punt return um he i think it was i completely blocked somebody in the back like i completely <laughs> hit them like and and it was like wow the the the, the ref was like right there but he was just it was so perfect because he just was not looking at that moment because mikey was like low-key right there so all the action was like kind of off to the right of me but i'm yeah. trying to block to set him up but at the same time it is okay i was trying to block that guy but he saw where mikey was going so he tried to like cut back and he ran into the other way so yeah so it was kind of just like it it, it is what it is I was so scared 
getting up after that because it was a big collision like i really did hit yeah. him because he tried to like come back the other way and we like hit each other yeah. i thought they were going to call like i thought they were going to throw a flag and i was like yeah no, i literally cost us oh <laughs> this my God. moment and then i just got up i didn't see a flag and i just hey like nothing happened nothing you're happened good. you're good oh my god yeah no nah, that, was, that I- was i was scared <laughs> I love hearing these stories. Like this is why I like talking to these athletes cuz like when I'm in the game, when I'm taking photos, I know the game, I know the moments. Like I can look at a photo and I can remember the moment, but mm-hmm. I don't know what actually happened. You know, like I love it. It's it's so great to hear, you know, these backstories. Um mm-hmm. oh, that's amazing. Yeah, you guys that that was a I said to Trey too like that season could have been so special. Um it was special. Like you guys still had a great season, but imagine if you didn't have all the injuries that year. Oh my goodness. Like Josh going out, I never even got to shoot Josh a full season. You know, I only got one photo. We one had game. to have some type like, of like hex on us or something. Like, like the numbers. And they like you, they were gonna be so good. You guys were gonna be so good. Like, no injury, injury, injury. Like what the heck? Yeah. It was that like was... thirty injuries <laughs> like on yeah. a football team crazy yeah it was insane but um all right well let's get into the next thing um which is like racism right now and being black in sports and all that stuff is basically Mm -hmm. what i want to talk about and the main reason i am doing this podcast so that my listeners which are probably mostly white can kind of hear it from somebody that isn't and can like just relate or not relate but be able to hear it from somebody that Mm -hmm. at least and i feel like sometimes because it's, I hate that like sometimes, oh, you have to hear from a white person if you're white. Cause I think that's so stupid. You should be able to trust somebody like else that has actually been through it. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes if it's, I know you and I'm friends with you and I have a relationship with you, then maybe somebody else that knows me will listen to you because of that, you know, whether right. it's like just because of the connection. Um, but I have a few questions. Mainly, I do want to just hear if you have had any like encounters like racism whether it's in sports in life just that have like that have sat with you that you feel comfortable talking about i don't want to like i'm not going to push it or anything um but if there are like in general in sports if it's been if there's been something that's like difficult being black in sports if that makes sense like so you can kind of go your own way yeah that's a lot Um... (laughs) yeah no i know but i'd rather like say that all and then you can kind of think about it and we could talk and then like we could go into everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. I think first it's important to realize that as a black athlete, you live under this double consciousness. Like not mm-hmm. only are you an athlete, but you're a black person. And so you have to approach certain situations um, in a different light that your white counterparts or teammates um, don't necessarily have to think about. And so, there are many um, examples that I could think of that has occurred to me personally, um, but a lot of it lies too in the microaggressions that exist within football and the, I think, inherent kind of um, nature of the sport. Um, growing up, especially in the South um, and having Black coaches, I think I benefited from having a black mentor and also a black athlete or ex-athlete someone who kind of understood my position um and it was like little things that used to go over my head when i was little but like looking back at it now it makes so much sense like for instance one of my black coaches used to tell me once i I remember i 
went off this one game. And one of my white coaches came over after and was like patting me on the back and was like, um, like, good job, boy, and all this stuff like that. And then like, it didn't occur to me like in the moment. And then my black coach came over and was like, don't let a white man pat you on the back and call you a boy. Um, because that's so demeaning. And mm-hmm. I didn't understand the history of uh, movements like I am a man, right? Like those movements, what they meant and how um, it's interesting because we are still having the conversation regarding the police and how um, officers would call black men boys when they pulled them over and, and the, the racism that... Um, was just ingrained within their speech, I think, has come into the sport as well. So kind of navigating those sport spaces um, with that same mentality has been in the back of my head always. Um, I think I had the privilege of going to a public school and a charter school before I went to my private school. I went to a private school that was predominantly white for my high school um, years from freshman year to high, uh, uh, to senior year, excuse me. Um, but before that, I went to public schools, which was predominantly black and brown and like Latino people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the difference in the world, wow. Like I think on, on, on the team, on my private school team, I definitely thought like, are, are these people my friends because I'm on the field with them in this moment? Or did yeah. they actually care about me outside of my past? And yeah. so um, kind of realizing my worth and kind of understanding that, like, you know, to some people, I'm only worth what I, what I can produce, right? And so I know that to be a reality. And it's unfortunate. And I have to learn how to navigate those spaces to where I learn to surround myself with people who don't look at me as a commodity um but that's definitely something that i have to navigate as a black athlete and i think a lot of other black athletes have to deal with that as well as black athletes i believe that we have to live under this double consciousness um and approach certain spaces athletic spaces um not only as athletes but as black people and realize that sometimes um even the systems that we love so much like football is designed um and a lot of times to exploit um exploit us and and then we have to learn how to navigate those spaces yeah no i agree i mean and they're uh they will cheer for you but they don't root for you Mm-hmm. in other aspects so like i was saying with the protests they only want you to pro they don't want you to protest they don't they're like these fans you know i mean the first game of the season when they did the unity in the beginning of the game and the fans booed them mm-hmm. and it's like well what can what do you want us to do mm-hmm. you know and you know i talk with people about it's just all these symbolic little gestures that they're doing but it's not real things it's not doing it's not putting actual change Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. I 100% agree. And, you know, in some cases too, I even had to have that same conversation with Columbia football and Mm -hmm. our coaches, because, you know, I think a lot of times when there are moments of racial movements 
um, that focus on injustice, a lot of organizations or people try to get out ahead and be like, oh, I am pro-Black, I am, or I am anti-racism, I stand with you, right? But um, their legislation or the way that they carry their business on a day-to-day basis does not agree with those sentiments. And so I feel like there are a lot of ways that everyone can um, become more aware and active. And so because of that, um, me and a group of other guys on the team, we're trying to start this initiative with Columbia Football um, to really take action towards what we say we stand behind. Okay. And, um, that has come with a lot of challenges too, but um, <laughs> I think because we are able to have some type of footing now, um, we can really make a change. We can really, Good. we can make some type of um, effort and really connect with our community because I think that will turn things around tenfold just off of our platform alone. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, and I'm sure it's tough at a place like Columbia that's so known, you know, I mean, it's in New York City, which is diverse, but it's a very, like, it's Columbia. It's an Mm -hmm. Ivy League type of school, which they Mm -hmm. have their own type of stereotypes. And you being black is, it's not easy to navigate a place like that. And a football player, like, you know, I can only imagine, like, how it feels, but I commend you for being able to, like, you know, stand up and take initiative. Like, it's not easy. I mean, but that's it's the it's the same response, right? That I would have if someone someone were to tell me to shut up and dribble. It's the same rhetoric, and I think um, I can be more than a football player. Yeah. And especially at Columbia, there's this um, fallacy that athletes got there based on their athletic ability alone, and that mm-hmm. their intellect is less than their counterparts who are non-athletes. And mm-hmm. I think, one, that's BS. Um, and two, um, I think it's just limiting to the power we really can do, not only as individuals, but when we come together um, to really stand for something. Because as individuals, we can get a limited amount of things done. Like, yeah, I think with individual power, yeah, you can amount to a lot, but you can go so much further with with more people. And I think, like you said, at, a, at places like Columbia, there are definitely stereotypes when it comes to athletes. Um, there are stereotypes when it comes to Black athletes in particular. Um, but I, I tend not to worry too much about stereotypes because <laughs> they, don't, they don't do anything for my life. Like, they don't do anything to help me at all. So... Good. I mean, hey, it's not it's not easy to not think about stereotypes like if you're put under one um, Mm -hmm. and it's harder for other people to not think of those stereotypes. But that's what I hate about what's going on and what has been going on with people of color, though. Speaking of like stereotypes, you'll take they'll take one type and like they'll see it happen with mm-hmm. one person that's of color and they'll they'll just blanket it over everyone mm-hmm. but yet we and i even mean me will point out something that somebody that's white does but they're like oh that's just one person mm-hmm. no you can't you have to like but there's no consistency because there's a system put in place for so long that they'll yeah. believe nothing else well quite frankly whiteness has become the status quo 
And yeah. so when you are white and you're acting against the status quo, oh, you're just one particular individual. The rest of us normal white people, we don't do that. But when you are a minority, <sighs> you are automatically going against the status quo in your existence. And yeah. so when you are already going against the status quo, and then they also don't like you because of a specific individual, that individual is not only just a deviant from the status quo, that individual becomes a definition of the culture. And so I feel like you're right. There is no consistency, but there's none. I don't think it was designed to have consistency. <laughs> I think, you know, we, we see that with Brianna Taylor's, um, what what what's going on with Breonna Taylor and what has been going on, or, or quite frankly, what hasn't been going on? Yeah, um, lack of everything. Mm-hmm. The lack of what's been going on. Yes, and um, yeah, it's it's frustrating. Um, it's a it's a tale that has been told many times. I think what's interesting um, is that uh, yesterday, I believe, was the same day that Emmett Till's murderers um were indicted no and so it really kind of marks this period of of a recent civil rights movement i look back through civil rights the civil rights movement has has been a movement to go on for ages but i Mm -hmm. think particularly to um an American, more um, like modern civil rights movement, it really started with Emmett Till. And for my generation, I think it kind of rebirthed and it kind of lit a fire within my generation with Trayvon Martin. And so I really can't imagine what Breonna Taylor's and like um, George Floyd's deaths and, and the many countless of other people are going to do for this next up and coming generation. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's sad to think about the, what, like how it has impacted them, but at the same time, it gives me hope because, um, there's so many like future leaders and movers and shakers that mm-hmm. in that generation that is going to be affected and that's going to be a part of the change. So. And um, I think because of the whole pandemic, everyone had all their attention on this rather than like, you know, like sports or movies or TV, Mm -hmm. like whatever. This is what everyone was focused on when it happened. And that's why you saw like historic amount of protest and, you know, people rallying together against all of this. Um, And I think the generation like the younger, you know, Gen Z's as they're called, I think that's the generation that they're like, "Mm, this isn't, this is not how it's going to happen. And it's going to take a lot because it has to take a change of a system that's been put in place. And everyone that's in power is mainly white, mainly men and have been there for a very long time. So it's like, it's, I, I have hope. I really do. Like I see good things happening and I see things, you know, and, Hopefully voting helps in this next coming upcoming election. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of the most important ones, I would say, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Like, it's literally could, if it, if it goes the other, like, it. Yeah. Ah! I just, I just think this is the biggest moment to exercise your rights, whatever, like, yes. 
even, yeah, we're specifically talking about voting rights, but our rights in this moment in history are being, um, are being, uh, oh crap, what's the word? I just brain farted, are being uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, persecuted. And um, yes, during this time to not vote, I just think would be giving your power away. And yes, the systems in place have been designed to um, create this dichotomy of like the rich or those in power and like those who don't have the power quotes. Um, but when we get, I think when we get the right people in power, we can start to um, make those movements towards the right direction. And it starts with just the other elections before this big, huge one. Like mm-hmm. it starts in your cities and in your towns and your counties and all that. Because if you get the right people there, that more people will like more laws we put in place, more people will be like, oh, this makes more sense. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get the right people. Um, like you're seeing more women in power. And that's yeah. fantastic because there should be more women in power Absolutely. if they're putting rules on women. Absolutely. Like, it's all men. You guys don't yeah. know women. What are you doing? I this is why I'm also going to be interviewing women because it just infuriates <laughs> me. I think it was um, when Kamala Harris, I forgot who she was talking to, um, some old white guy. Um, <laughs> and she was like, um, sir, can you recall any laws that dictate what to do with the man body? Thank you. With the male body. Can you give me any law? And he couldn't which, because they, they don't exist. Which is insane because I also just saw like one, a man can impregnate a woman every single day. A woman can only get pregnant once and then they're pregnant for nine months. But like you, um, and yet we're the ones, women are the ones that are being, you know, all the laws are on. But yeah. again, that's because of a system. It's the same, it's the same thing. It's men in power, putting a system on people that are lower than them, mm-hmm. quote unquote, because mm-hmm. they're not. Um, but I retweeted Kerry Washington today, this tweet, and I just pulled it up. And it says, whoever needs this, I understand the desire not to vote, to reject a system that abuses you and denies your worth. But please know that the system does see your worth. It's afraid of your power. That's why it works so hard to make you feel powerless. You are not powerless. Vote. And I thought that was so well said. And it's basically what you were just saying. So I thought I should read it because it is like they wouldn't be working so hard to do these things and put these certain like things in order and in in law if they didn't if they weren't afraid if they weren't scared that things are might change yeah like that they know what they're doing is not correct like that's the scary part absolutely Um, um just to add in real quick i think because i think that goes back to earlier when i was talking about how i personally um look at stereotypes and i Mm -hmm. think i am fortunate because from a young age like my grandmother really instilled in me the power that i have in myself and she was like you can do anything you put your mind to like period you can't do anything you can learn anything you can be anybody you want to be and so i from a young age i was always pushed to challenge the expectations that people put on me and so just going off a little bit on on a quick little Hey, little tendon. Um, when I first went to my the high school, the private school, I, I was in honors in my like public schools and stuff. So I, I went to the private school. We had to test to get in there. They said that people typically made like sevens. It, it was like a on a scale from like one to like nine plus. And people okay. they were like people normally make sevens and stuff. And it was like 
whatever. So I took the test. Me and my and I went there with like a couple other friends, um, and they took the test too. They made like some sevens. I made a nine plus. Oh, and, um, <laughs> but even though I made a nine plus, right? They when I was going to um, do my scheduling, they were like, you have to retake all of these classes that you had just t- taken because we have different books here. We have different resources. So um, we don't know if you know this material on our level. Like, so going into my ni- ninth grade year, I had to start taking the classes that I had just took in my, like from eighth grade. And yeah. so after that, I, I remember talking to my grandma and I was like, you know, I really don't feel like I should be in these classes. Like, I feel like I should be pushed more than this. I should, I should be at a higher level academically. And so she told me like, you can do anything you want. So find a way to get back in those classes if you want to be in those classes. And so I went to the office and I was like, I'm getting back into the honors program. So um, tell me what I need to do. And so I remember the counselor at the time was like, well, in order to do that, you have to like double up on classes and stuff. So I had to double up on math classes. I had to double up on science classes. <laughs> I had to double up on um, like social studies or like history yeah, yeah. of government classes. And so I did all of that just to get back in honors and just to kind of prove them a point of like, no, like you're not about to, just because I came from like a low income area, a, a, a poor school, um, a poor neighborhood. I, I'm not, I'm not dumber than you. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to put it like that. Um, and I think, you know, kind of to tie that all back together, they're going to have, I think, you know, at the end of the day, what I was kind of ingrained is that people are going to have stereotypes. They're going to have certain interpretations of you. But if you know your truth and you live within the power that's in yourself, to hell with what they have to say, right? Because those stereotypes are only to contain you. The yeah. the things that the people in power are doing right now are only here to contain us, right? Why? Because like Kerry Washington was saying, they see our power and they see what we can amount to just when we just when we are when we're let off the hook, right? Because I feel like every time we turn around, there's something happening. But the minute they let up, they are afraid because yeah. we're so powerful. And I yeah. think I think voting is just a testament to that. And yeah, that's why I've been telling everyone like go out to vote, like make sure you and, get your and vote by mail if you have to, because I mean, even in, oh yeah, like they've literally been trying to keep people of color from voting and like only one place to vote for basically a million people. Like you can't like they, there's so many things in place that are so blatantly racist and so blatantly like using to push them down. It's historic. Like black people, first of all, couldn't vote at one point. And then but before that, when they were able to vote, Right. They not only were they met with the KKK beatings within their neighborhood for voting, going to the centers to vote, but also when they decided when they saw, okay, black people are starting to vote and not only the KKK can't stop them. So we're going to install these literacy tests and we're going Mm -hmm. to put all of these barriers in front of them just so that Mm -hmm. they can't they can vote and, and literally see tests that not everyone just they had to take basically like it's just like oh but you're white you you already have it it's it just baffles my mind because like i'm somebody and i like i feel like you should just treat everyone how you want to be treated type of person and i feel like that's how the world should work but it's not that's like such a naive state you know i, I hate mm. that that's such a naive statement you know or thought yeah. because it's just not how it's gonna work especially because of the systems put in place 
but it oh i i get so angry i get so because it's just those things that you don't i don't get how you can think those ways i don't get how you can see a murder like brianna taylor's and think but this but who deserves to die no one like no one we're we're saying even people that are white they don't deserve to die because yeah. of something they did yeah. Th- there should be a certain way to do things that's you know, and, and you know honestly there isn't really a justification the justification is that racism and its byproducts it's a psychosis and you mm-hmm. either you either subscribe to it or you don't and you either live in that psychosis or you don't and what i was taught and what I've learned to uh, kind of adopt is that, you know, you can live in your psychosis and I'm not here to bring you out of it. Right. Because that's going to take out from my energy and my love that yes. I am trying to direct to the people who's not going to subscribe to that, who's trying to uplift people and who's trying to love people in the best way that they can. And if you want to go off and hate over there, then you know, go, go off and hate. But when you're ready to say, you know, I'm wrong. And like, you know, I, I want to be a part of this love and this, this movement of uplifting one another, then, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm here to help you over, but you know, helping people out there like psychosis and I, I don't subscribe to that. No, I think that's a great um, message too. Cause I think so many people, it's so hard. I feel especially right now or like, with cancel culture, like people just like canceling people, mm. you're not allowing them to want to change mm. if you just cancel them. Whether and I understand there are certain people that it's like, how can you ever think that way? Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. I am I'm someone that's like, how do you ever think that way? Like, how can you support a president that's against so many different types of people? And then still be like, no, but he's a good president. Mm. But like he's not a good person, first of <laughs> all. Like, there's just point blank. Yeah. But you know, you, you can't, I'm also, I started reading how to be anti-racist and I started reading, so you want to talk about race. Mm-hmm. And I've read like a few chapters of each so far. I really like, so you want to talk about race. Cause I think that's something I should read to talk to people like look like me, mm-hmm. because it's just like, just to put little, like everything that they're saying makes sense to me. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yes, <laughs> like, yes, yes, yes. But there no, I know there are so many people in my life that would read that and be like, what? Like mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense, but framing it in a certain way could help them yeah. start to think about it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But again, if they don't want to try and if they don't want to get out of it, you can't push them to be out of it. And I think right now we're such in a society, especially with social media. Like I think about it every day. It's like one or the other, like people don't want to have a discussion that goes against what you think sometimes, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, so it's just, it's so tough, but There are people out there that want to change. 100%. And, you know, honestly, I'm glad that you kind of brought that point up because um, that's why I started writing and that's why I started creating poetry and to talk on those issues. Like, I'm not the type of poet who writes about, like, love poems and, Mm -hmm. like, walks by the beach and taking trips to the park. No. I'm talking about, like, real stuff about, like, Um, incarceration and depression and like um, sexual violence. And I think highlighting these topics that make so many people uncomfortable will allow us to get to a place to where, to where we can um, create results. And um, I think a lot of, a lot of times we have this tendency to sweep things under the rug. Um, Oh yeah. And that's, that's not healthy. And I think, 
America has kind of built a system of sweeping things under the rug. And because of the pandemic, now the rug is off the entire fucking floor. Excuse me, I'm yep. sorry. Yep. No, 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 you're okay. It is. You're right. And now you just see all of our crap. Our problems, yeah. Out in the open. And yeah. You know, it's, it's, well, you know, I think about this. This just reminded me, like, I love being busy. Because when you're busy, you don't think about anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, go, 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 go. Like, I'm going to therapy and... I'm like, I was like, yeah, of course you like being busy <laughs> because when you stop, you think. And I'm like, yes. God dang it. I know. But still, let me be busy. <laughs> but you have to take the time to sit and like not be busy. You have to allow yourself to just kind of be still and like be with yourself. And I think now none of us are, we weren't busy for a little bit because of the pandemic. So now we're, are, as a whole country, like still and seeing all of our problems and it and it's all coming up all at once and it's like okay now how do we deal with this and i don't know (laughs) i don't know i mean a lot of it starts in introspectively so like i know for me I don't know about you, but like mm-hmm. I've worked so much on myself during this pandemic. Like, and I feel like kind of similarly to what's been happening in like our social world. Yeah. What's been happening in like my within myself is like, oh, there's here's one problem, here's one and I, I say problem in the in the sense of like things that I feel like I should I should work on. Yeah. And um I think it was very, very much similar to the situation a lot of people are in now. It's like you either during this time, during this pandemic, you know, you can either work through it and and and, and find your. And for some people, I, I understand like they they can. They're in certain situations where they can, but other people, I'm saying like you know, definitely take the time to work through things during this yeah. period because um, you can really come out on the other side. I believe. I believe it too. I mean, again, it's everyone's situation is different, and like. I try to be very wary of that when I post on like social media Mm -hmm. because I don't want to say things that then like, well, I can't do that because I have this job. Like I have my own business. So Mm -hmm. I have very much different leniencies I can take. So I can take time to be like, I'm doing yoga every morning before I do work. I'm going to take a break in the afternoon to work out. But like I can do that because I work at home and have lived at home. And that's what I did before the pandemic. I was always working at home. Uh, But I took time off. Like I really took almost like a month of like barely doing a lot of stuff because I didn't give have that time before. I never have had that time. I'm always go, 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 go. And I was like, we need to all relax. Like, let's take advantage of this, like very bad situation. But yeah. And I 100% agree. I mean, it's, I've been working on myself for years and it's an ongoing process. Like you continue, you find things out that works for you. Like I know that meditation helps me. I know that yoga helps me. Mm. So those are things that I now do if I'm feeling overwhelmed or if I'm feeling stressed, you know? Absolutely. So, um, well, I think that's a good uh, segue and we can now end (laughs) with our happy (laughs) talk and go back to the photos and uh, (laughs) all the, all the things since I think we got deep enough with all that conversation um so yeah you sent me a few photos Mm -hmm. and i will use those when i share this podcast so the first one is the weight room photos which i honestly completely forgot about (laughs) like i forgot i got those like genuinely like uh uh-uh yeah okay so first of all you know you were like our celebrity like when we saw you with the camera or like at all, we were like, oh, oh yeah, we, we just turned up. And so 
Darian is behind me. Yes. <laughs> and we we saw you like walking um towards the front. Like cause you I don't know if you really know our um weight room like that, but the rack we were at were was t- towards the it's back. It's towards the back. I remember exactly. I can remember it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> and so we saw you like um at the front and then you were walking our way and Darian goes, he was like, Hey bro, here she come, here she come, here she come. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, all right, you got me, you got me, you got me. He was like, yeah, I got you, bro, I got you. And I was like, all right, but I got to get my face together, right? So I got to make it. And like, this is like, I believe it was a Sunday workout. Now, for everyone who don't like really understand like our um, routine or don't know our schedule, we're not really lifting that heavy on Sunday. Like that's after the game. It's kind of like to get your soreness out and stuff like that. So we're squatting and I don't even have that much weight on the bar, but I'm like, got my face like intense. I'm like, oh, I got to oh picture because I know she's about to like take it. It's about to be fire. Um, so yeah, <laughs> with that picture, me and Darian were definitely like plotting on you. We were like, oh yeah. I heard oh you. my God. <laughs> and like, but we were trying to make it like, look natural did it did you know that we were okay not at all how would i ever know that that's perfect. insane perfect yeah oh my god oh my god that's so funny it's just like whenever um because sometimes i mean i went to so i went to every practice i'm not trying to get the same photos every practice mm-hmm. like i i was basically getting the same photos but every now and then I would just like kind of be hanging out and I'm like, okay, I already got them catching. I got them throwing. Like, what am I doing? So I would just be like hanging on the sidelines, say when you guys were going through your, like your plays and the defense was on one side and the offense was on the other. Mm-hmm. And like, I have a photo of Dante, like smiling and waving mm-hmm. at me. It's one of my favorite photos. How you guys find me finding you blows my mind. <laughs> like, like those moments are just like, what? How? Like, hey, when it's there, you don't question it, okay? You just go with it. It's like, oh my gosh. You're like scanning the field and be like, oh, Aaron, like, what's up? <laughs> like, like, it was definitely, hey, we knew how to turn it on. Like, oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, well, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Um, and then how about the snow photo? Because that one, I'm so glad you sent me. Oh my the God. Okay, I sent that that's one. All the, is that the running backs? Yeah. I sent that one to you because I feel like creatively, in terms of like, your photography and the editing i feel like that's one of my favorite pictures you've ever taken like i feel like the moment was there that like the way you kind of like tweaked the pictures and everything was just Mm -hmm. like spot on and um yeah that day i remember i was like wait are we even going to practice because i'm from memphis i'm from tennessee like we don't really get (laughs) snow like that so when we get like a snow day which is like once every blue moon um we like cancel school and everything oh yeah like it's like an inch on the ground and you guys are like we're done um we're like going through our meetings and stuff and i'm like low-key kind of pissed i'm like why have they not canceled practice like it's a blizzard outside i don't understand these northerners like why are they okay with this (laughs) and so um i was just kind of like in a bad mood i was like oh no i just know something's bad about to happen like i just know this is not about to be a good practice because it was cold and so anyway um but i put on a fake smile like i had to do because my teammates i didn't want them to feel like you know quay don't want to be here so i was like (laughs) let's go so um yeah we we were coming out and i had no idea you were going to be there because I wouldn't have been there like <laughs> had I been you, I would have been like, oh, okay, see y'all, I'll see y'all. No, see, this is the thing. I'm gonna interrupt and you can continue. I was like, 
because it started snowing more it was snowing on the way but it really wasn't like coming down like until i got there mm-hmm. which by the way i had a four-hour drive back it usually takes me 20 minutes it was yeah so you're welcome oh my goodness See, but, I'm well, that yeah so <laughs> exactly so before you could continue in a second uh i I liked, I didn't get to go when it really rained or anything sometimes because I was like, I don't want to risk the drive because the Bronx River gets really flooded. And I'm like, I'm not risking that. But mm-hmm. I like those photos. I like, I was like, I'm going because I want to get like, yeah. So that's why I went because I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, but I love it because I was like, you know what? Erin, she's dedicated. She is dedicated because had it been me, had I been the team photographer, oh, nah. Uh-uh. Y'all gonna have no one would have been there. Day. Y'all gonna have to get pictures some other day because um nah, it ain't happening, player. It's too it's too much. But the oh. thing, like you said, it was like just getting worse and worse. Like the snow is just coming down. And so then yes. they ended up counseling practice. Yes, yes. And hey, they did after I got my flowers and helmet though. Yeah, yeah. That was the coolest that, that was, was just a nice much. surprise. That was definitely like it was kind of like a Christmas miracle moment. It's like Wow, like they actually because they never canceled practice, first of all. They never yeah, canceled no. practice. And like you were there, it was snowing. We're like, it was just, We got like, the great photos. Like yeah. I got photos of the whole team. I got in the photo with the team. Yeah. Which... Oh, there's a photo. I think you might be in that in the background of my one of the backgrounds. I'll show you. I can show you later. Okay, cool. I think I posted it, but there's a photo of like the group and stuff. Like I got photos with people. I got photos with you. Like you know, and that's what I wanted because like yeah. I wanted photos with my guys. Like that was my last practice. Yeah. Um, because that's the crazy thing is that was my last practice of that fall season. And you guys like, yeah, I was telling you guys, and you're like, oh no, like you're gone. And I'm like, I'm gonna be at the game. <laughs> I just wasn't like, I just like it's just the end of the season, and I'm not gonna be like, yeah, I don't know, and like, I didn't know it was gonna happen. It was, it was, it was still sad. It was just like, a, <laughs> it was definitely a moment that I think we all needed to have. And the helmet. Hey! So obviously, this is not a visual uh, podcast. So I just pulled out my helmet that all the guys signed, um, and they gave it to me on that day where it was snowing. And I will have this and keep this forever. That is amazing. Yeah. Yep. Man, it's all there. It's so cool. I love it's. This is the coolest surprise. Like I, I would have never. Like this is the, I didn't expect it when I went went to that practice because that's why I'm trying to like really get it into your head. Like you were <laughs> our person. Like you really, really did connect with you, and it wasn't like a, a forced thing at all. Because like we were saying earlier, like we really didn't have these moments where we just kept talking to each other and stuff like that. Like, no. yeah, no, it wasn't. It was completely like just me taking photos, which I think made me appreciate it more because I told Trey this too so again I'm going to say the same thing but like I've had teams not appreciate what I do because they just take it for granted like they get used to it and they're like oh yeah Aaron's here Mm -hmm. but you guys would get so excited every time and Mm -hmm. then when I didn't come for a day or two especially you you're like where were you (laughs) you're back because no because I just said I don't know I feel like I don't I don't I think I'm an empath at heart and I, I think that's my rising cancer. But when I, I'm a cancer, so I think that's why we connected so well. I think um, so too. But uh, I think I don't know. I always thought of you as like my friend. To be honest, like I really did think of you as like my friend. I wanted to like support you and stuff. And um, I remember one time 
you weren't having the best day um, when we were coming out for practice. And mm-hmm. I could not stop thinking about you. And like, I was like, wow, like what's, I wonder like if she's like going to be okay. Like, and I remember just going through like that warm up period and stuff, just like really concerned. And um, yeah, so I, I just made it a mental note to kind of just check in or like support. You. And you did, you you messaged me later that day. I remember, I remember that whole day. That was a, yeah, we can talk offline about that. I can tell you more, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. And that just means a lot because I think that's, what's cool about it is like, you guys knew me as a photographer, but you also cared about me as a person, yeah. even though you didn't know me as just Aaron, like yeah. you knew me as EDL, which is fine. That's literally my brand. I love that people call me EDL. That's the whole point. Like right. it, it happy but it was so cool that in such a short time just because of me taking photos there was that bond and we didn't even really have to be talking you know like I talked to Murph a little bit more or like Beatty a few of them would like say hi and like how you doing type of thing Parker was great you know like you know a couple of the kids bought some of my merch later on and stuff like that and like that like that was so cool to see you guys literally supporting me. Like, and all I, and I, I hate saying all I was doing, but all I was doing was taking photos. I just did what I loved and I was capturing you guys doing what you loved. Mm-hmm. And it just was a great, it was a perfect, you know, connection. Absolutely. Um, And I have your photo of you giving me the heart when you saw me at Cornell, when you didn't yeah. know I was coming. I have that printed. I have my whole wall in my room is covered in photos, literally like the entire <laughs> room. And that picture is on it. And I, it's like an eight Dope. by 10, a little bit bigger. Cause I loved it. Dope. Cause you didn't know I was there. It I was so cool. I didn't like, look, no. when I was like walking up. I was like, wait a minute. I was I had to make sure because I wear contacts. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me make sure. And I had my long hair still, so I had the braids in, like, cause I I'm I have a little shorter now. So I had the braids in my whole look and everything. There's no one else that would have that yeah. look <laughs> with the camera. Yeah, definitely. I was that like, was, wow. That was one of the coolest moments of last year. Like for me surprising you guys, especially for those seniors, mm-hmm. um, for their last game, even though it was not a great game. Even though uh, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Even but, though that was all- Oh my God. Oh, not great. But the reactions, and it makes me laugh because we talked about how the younger guys don't know me. None of them reacted to me. None of them posed to me. None of them gave me like anything. It was so funny. I was like, you guys have no idea who I am. So, wow, that is so true. Well, I mean, I didn't really think about that because um, the running backs group, we didn't have any freshmen that had came through. So like, okay, my sophomore year, we had freshmen there that they knew you. So like, we didn't really have any new people. So I didn't really think about that. Like, yeah, that's, that's. Other groups, they'd like walk in. I remember, I forget who it was. I can't think of the name now, but he like was posing and smiling. And this other guy walked by and just gave him a pat on the back and like didn't do anything with me because he had no idea who I was. And I'm sure he's like, okay, guys, like, come on, like, let's keep walking. And you're like, you don't know the drill, guys. That's on you. You see, those those are the moments in life where you just got to learn and adapt. You you got to pose. He was not, he was not having, it was really funny. It was, oh, that was a great, that was a great moment. Um, even, and I think what's so cool is like, I'm glad I got to be there. Cause even though it was such a, not a great game, like I got to get these kids last game, like as a Columbia, like, and I, I didn't get their entire senior season cause I wasn't a part of it. Um, but like, I got to be there for their last game. Like that's such a cool moment. You know, I have a photo with Murph that's actually framed right above me that I keep looking at, you know, like these relationships, it's like really special and it, is that means something with Murph wearing the EDL shirt? No. Okay. No. We can talk because about that honestly, offline too. I'm about to say, 
We'll talk about that. We will talk about that. We're not talking about that on here. Uh-uh. Not talking about it. We will talk about it later. Okay. Keep people guessing why we're not talking right. about it, except for everyone at Columbia Football that might listen to this and they no. But no, this is the one. It's after the Cornell game. So he's just wearing his jersey. Cool. And I'm just wearing a plaid a flannel and all blue um, <laughs> to match Columbia blue. Right. But, uh, but yeah. And then what was the other – you sent me one other photo too of you guys just posing. Um, I think it was the one of – me, Dante, and Jalen. Yes, yes. And it was just because it was like the smile. And I think you really did just ca- like you were out. I don't know, like you were just that talented. You were able to capture because it's one thing to just point a camera and like just take a picture, but no, like you captured moments. And I think that was yeah. always dope. It's like it wasn't just like oh, we're on the field. Like no, like it was like the moment of what we were. Well, that's doing. what I like to say. I t- I turn moments into memories. That's kind mm-hmm. of like my tagline a little bit, and I think that's what I try to do. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. And then yeah, and 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 I'm I'm pretty close with Jalen, and I'm pretty close with Dante. Um, Dante has become like my little brother. Like I I, I gotta kind of keep him on the straight and arrow. And so yes. I know he really likes that picture because he thinks he's cute, but. Uh, <laughs> he cracks me up. He but, cracks me up. So. Oh, he makes me laugh. He always made me laugh. He was <laughs> he's just one of a kind, I gotta one say. One of a kind. Um all right. Well, I don't know if I really have anything else. Cause like you gave me like exactly what I wanted of hearing behind the scenes. Cause like I didn't get to hear what you guys ever not that you guys didn't show me the appreciation, not that you guys didn't say anything to me when I was there, but I didn't get to hear those little stories of like, I'm going back inside mm-hmm. to go get to wait for McCravious to come out to get a photo with him instead. Cause I yeah. know like it was definitely a production. Like, oh my God. Yeah. It is. I do remember sometimes like some kids would literally be like, wait, I got to wait for him to come out. And like, not you, but anybody, <laughs> they'd be like, no, I got to get, come on, come on. Let's pose. Let's pose. Like, it, was that's- it wasn't just like, me who you only no took no no of. i it remember was kind of like a group of us it was like you was took pictures of everyone in general but the bangers typically were like a group of us so you know you had to kind of pick and choose this is what they used to do those little ingrits they used to pick <laughs> and choose which one of us they were going to leech off of that day <laughs> which is funny because wait did you say who's who said that who was the one that uh, that went back to get you oh on that picture that was uh gosh yeah. it's my but i didn't I get a bunch of him by himself doesn't he like a really good one at in front of the camera yeah on his own? or something or he had like a thumbs i don't know he was doing yeah. i remember yeah i remember but he just that's funny you he just went, it, it was the i don't know where the logic was but <laughs> i guess he felt more secure that he was going to get a picture that made it because not only did you have to get a picture, you had to get a picture that made it to the Instagram or Twitter, or it didn't really like bang like that. Like you had to feel like you were the special one out of the day. That's why oh, we all I- love you because you would give those like dedication. You were like, I took a lot of pictures today, but this one is just made me so happy and da 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 and da 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 and I would be like and I would go on about why like I you know and so we had to have that experience so that's what we were looking forward to (laughs) and Trey said that Trey was like Aaron you gave love to everyone and I was like well yeah because you're an entire team you're not just one player you're not just a few players no no, that's funny and I loved always like the D-line or O-line would always just wave at me it was always a big group of them and they would always just wave and it just made my day it was just the cutest (laughs) Uh, which I'm sure they would love to hear that they're so cute because they are big men, right. but the eh, whatever people on the team. 
It literally. Um, all right. Well, this was great. Yeah. You we'll we'll talk a little bit after we end this. Um, but I appreciate you coming on. Um, no doubt, no doubt. Just like um, I'll tell you what I told uh, Josh when he was doing his podcast. I'm like, you know, I will make time, especially for people who I want to support. Like, I will definitely make time. So, yeah, well, just I appreciate being it. inspiring because literally you touched me at, in your little time at Columbia. So I, I only know you're touching so many more people. So well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, now I always ask my guests if they want to give out their uh, social media for anyone to follow you guys, follow you. You can, if you don't want to, you don't have to. (laughs) Of course, you know, you can follow me at MD more underscore that's MD more two O's underscore, um, on Instagram and Twitter. Same thing for both. Yeah. I like the consistency. I like the consistency. Um, all right. Well, thanks again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to another episode of Behind the Lens with EDL. I had such a great time talking to Marquavius. Um, I don't think I've laughed or smiled that hard for that long in a very long time. Um, so thank you, Marquavius, for doing that. And I hope you guys took away something from this episode. I think I take away something every single episode. Um, and that's exactly why I'm doing this. I want people to listen and to learn and also just to enjoy the conversation and get to know these Athletes is more than just athletes and as people and human beings that are trying to, you know, just live their lives. So I hope you enjoyed and I uh, hope you listen next week. Um, I'll have my first woman on, so I'm really excited to share that. But uh, as always, if you want to follow me on social media, everything is at EDL Photography. Um, Check me out there and you can see the photos that I'm posting. I should be taking photos of some games um, very soon. So thanks again and I'll see you next episode.